the Titans find a way to win against their fifth straight playoff opponent. This is the Titans 10. We're talking that and much more. Let's go. Welcome in to the Titans 10 for Tuesday, November 16th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, a broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. Welcome into the show, folks. Hope you had a great start to your week. As always on our Tuesday episodes, we've got the weekly recap today. We've got some post-game pressers and then the quick hit segment. Now, reminder, of course, for all of those of you who are listening to this show on the F-Words feed, the Football and Other F-Words podcast feed, please go and subscribe to the Titans 10 feed. There's a link in the description of this episode that will take you to the Titans 10 feed. You can subscribe there and listen there. Please go do that. It'll be really helpful to me uh, and the show and its growth, but it'll also be helpful to you because I teased this a bit earlier on Twitter this week. Uh, The Titans 10, the show is expanding, and we're going to be having shows on Wednesdays and Thursdays now, the details of which... I think I'm going to wait until tomorrow for the show to come out for you to see what we've got going on tomorrow. We've got we've got some guests lined up. We're going to have some guest interviews on Wednesdays and Thursdays. This first one for tomorrow, already recorded earlier today, had a really great conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, you're gonna you're probably gonna know who this person is. I'm really excited about uh, what we've got planned for the Titans 10 going forward. But if you're just listening to the Titans 10 on the football and other F words feed, I don't think we're gonna be putting those Wednesday and Thursday episodes on that feed. And if we do, they'll just be teasers, just just a little tease, a little taste for you to see what we got going on. And it won't be the full episode. So if you want to listen to all four episodes a week now. You're going to have to go and subscribe to the Titans 10 on the Titans 10 feed. So please go do that. All right. We've got all that out of the way. We've got a lot to get into today. So let's jump into the week 10 weekly recap. The Titans beat the Saints in a close one on Sunday, 23-21. to The Saints with a game-tying, uh, potentially game-tying touchdown at the in the last drive of the game uh, have to go for two didn't quite get it so the titans hang on and win by two the titans have now completed a six game win streak they are on a six game win streak the longest active win streak in the nfl and that is five the, their last five opponents have been all against teams that were playoff teams last season so that five straight uh, win streak that they've got going on against playoff teams is is certainly the most impressive resume of any team in the league in the last month and change. The Titans are eight and two, which is the best start for them uh, it, through ten games since their 2008 season when they went 13 and three and were, were the one seed. That was the CJ2K season. Uh, thanks to their first six game win streak in 13 years, this is the first one in, in over a decade, the Titans are the first eight win team in the AFC and they now lead the conference by one and a half games. All the other teams in the AFC are six win teams or worse. So they have a two win cushion on the field, which has set them up incredibly nicely for that one seed in the AFC, especially considering their schedule. We'll talk about that a bit later in the quick hit segment. First, let's let's dive into the details of this past weekend's game. The offense at this point for the Titans is is sputtering. I don't know how else you can really put it. And I'm not sure 
if people fully appreciate what Ryan Tannehill is doing this season, I think there's fair there's room for fair criticism of Ryan Tannehill in some of the decisions he's been making. His decision making, I think, has taken a bit of a a, a nosedive. Well, not a nosedive. That's that's harsh. Has taken a bit of a downturn this season. He's been making some interesting decisions, throwing some picks that he he simply can't make. Especially now that the team is riding on him more than ever with the loss of Derrick Henry. But after yesterday's game, the Titans. According to, I believe these are from PFF, they have the third worst pass blocking grade in the league. And the skill position players he's working with are A.J. Brown and then a bunch of depth pieces, frankly. There are guys that step up in certain spots, but there's nobody that's a real big playmaker like A.J. Brown uh, on the team currently playing. You know, Derrick Henry and Julio Jones were supposed to be those guys, but neither one is available right now. Julio Jones moved to the IR since last we spoke on this show. He will be out until after the bye, which is a a month's worth of rest for him to try to get that hamstring right. The Titans are going to try to get him uh, good and healthy for for the stretch of the season. We'll see whether or not he can heal that hamstring up. It's, listen, When older receivers start to deal with hamstring injuries, they typically don't go away. Now, you know, can he put together a string of games to end the season where he's not dealing with that hamstring injury? Uh, I think that's, you know, a potential outcome and resting him for a month is certainly the best way to get to that. Uh, But we'll have to to stay tuned on that. We'll see him again out there for the Titans in about a month. Now, Ryan Tanhill, despite that third worst pass blocking grade, he's still number 10 in EPA per play, according to PFF, which is in the range of Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers, two guys that are pretty good quarterbacks. And in the two games without Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown has had just six catches for 49 yards. And before Julio went out uh, before last week's game, he had four for 35. And the Titans are still 2-0. and So, There's room for criticism of Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion, but he's still finding a way to win and is in a very less than ideal situation. So I think there's there's room for criticism all around on the offense. Uh, Speaking of criticism all around the offensive line, which has taken a lot of heat this season, had on paper a pretty decent game. Here's their pressure report from week 10. Taylor Lewan, who played the majority of the game, uh, had one pressure allowed and one sack allowed. Roger Saffold had two pressures allowed. Ben Jones had a great day. No pressures or sacks. Nate Davis allowed three pressures. David Questenberry also had an awesome game. No pressures or sacks. Kendall Lamb, who came in for Taylor Lewan on his first play, uh, got got absolutely railroaded by the Saints defensive lineman, pushed all the way back into Ryan Tannehill for one one sack allowed on his single snap. So one pressure, one sack, one snap for Kendall Lamb. And then Aaron Brewer came in for a couple of snaps, uh, three actually, and he had no pressures and no sacks. So on paper, the offensive line did pretty well, but their pass blocking grade for this game, which I don't have right here in front of me, but I know for a fact that it was it was still a really low pass blocking grade. So they're going to have to get a lot better. And granted, these last two games, it's been hard necessarily to judge the offense based on the defense that they're playing. Right. And I think this week will be really telling. We'll talk more about that on Friday. But the Rams and the Saints both have really great defenses. So, you know, is their play partially a result of facing really tough defenses? 
I think it's certainly possible, and I think we'll see against a really bad Houston Texans team this Sunday. But we'll leave that analysis for Friday. Moving on, talking about the Week 10 game, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. The defense continues to get it done, and they've really been the the side of the ball carrying this team in these last two weeks without Derrick Henry against really good teams, against two capable offenses. Uh, nine sacks the Titans have gotten home nine times in six quarters, the first four, or all four quarters of the Rams game, right? And then the first two quarters of this Saints game. Nine sacks in six quarters, just a reminder, they had 19 all of last year. So they're getting, uh, they're reaching pay dirt a significantly higher rate right now, and they are really tearing it up. Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry and Danico Autry are eating out there. And, uh, you know, the Tennessee Tickle Monsters had to make a reference in this episode. They are uh, they're, they're tickling these teams to death, but moving on to more serious things. The defensive secondary had an all right game. Here's here's how the DBs fared. Jackrabbit Jenkins allowed three for six for 25 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Molden, two for five for 17 yards. Kevin Byard, three for three for 54 yards. And Christian Fulton in his big return for the Titans was uh, he allowed zero catches on one target and one PBU. So, and he played a significant amount of snaps. You know, I didn't think that they would have him active in this game, but they did. And he played, I believe 56 snaps or in that ballpark off the top of my head. And he's right back to his pro bowl level that he was playing at before he went on IR. So Christian Fulton is going to be key uh, for this Titans defense, for him to continue to play at a high level and for him to continue to, to stay hot and healthy. Now, the, the DB that had the worst day was Chris Jackson. He had his arguably his best career day against the Rams two weeks ago, but then he turns around and has arguably his worst career day against the Saints. He's going to have a rough day in film sessions. Uh, he played 21 snaps versus the Saints. He was targeted seven times, allowed five catches, uh, gave up 120 yards, and gave up five first downs and a touchdown. So just a really bad day in the office for him. I don't think that his that his high level of play so far this season before the Saints game is an aberration like some do. I think that he's still a capable cornerback and that this was – kind of a one-off, just a bad day in the office, um, which is, you know, a thing that that all these guys deal with from time to time. We'll we'll see going forward whether or not he continues his high level of play or if he's going to have to kind of regress to the mean. The Titans, I'm sure, don't want that to be the case. Now moving on into the post-game pressers segment of the show, I wanted to bring up three clips today. First of which is from Coach Mike Vrabel talking about uh, injuries to this team. He, there's a stat that I want to share with you, but I'm going to let him share it with you first in this clip, and then we'll talk some more about it. When, when you don't panic, you know, there's a tendency for everybody else not to panic. So um, find out who we have. Find 48 guys that will try to help us win on, on Sunday whether they're on the practice squad, whether they're on the active roster, and uh, put a plan in who it is, what do they know, what can they do, and, uh, and compete to win a football game. Do you know the record? What's that? Do you know the record? They, I do know the record. It's 84. The record is 84 for the season? Yeah, that's what I told the, the uh, <laughs> Sunday night crew. We were in L.A., and 
think uh, Chris Collinsworth said, you guys are at 77 and the record is 84. And I said, you might want to take the over, <laughs> just a hunch. <laughs> So what he's outlining there is pretty crazy, and the numbers have changed since he had that discussion with uh, Chris Collinsworth last Sunday night. The Titans currently have 20 players on the IR, which is the most in the entire league. They've dressed over 80 players this season, which is first in the league. I believe they're up to 82. The record is 84, uh, so they're definitely going to be breaking that. And then they have 260 man games lost due to injury, which is also first in the league. And despite all of those things, despite being the most injured team in the entire NFL, they're still the AFC one seed after playing the hardest strength of schedule. That should that shouldn't be possible. You look at those other teams on that list of of teams that have used the most players uh, in a season. And it is the Titans who are the number one seed by a, a a, you know, a margin of a game and a half right now in the AFC. And then it's a bunch of teams that were at best just under 500 and at worst drafting first the next season. Just awful. Um, so it's really, really astonishing what they've been able to do with so few of their starters, so few of their role players, so few of their normal guys bringing in new guys all the time, 80 different players, 10 games into the season. There's a strong case to be made for Coach Mike Vrabel for Coach of the Year on that stat alone. Uh, moving past that clip, I've got two other clips that I want to share with you from a couple of players on the team in their postgame press conferences that I think really speaks to the culture of this football team. The first of which is from defensive lineman Big Jeff Simmons. Here he is talking about success and confidence. Like I said, man, I love winning. Um, and like I said earlier, it's hard to win in this league. So you have to embrace, you have to love, you have to, you know, just take it all in, you know. But, you know, like, you know, Brady said something this week, you know, um, and it made sense. It said success um, bring confidence, but confidence don't bring success. You know, um, and I, that's kind of stood out to me because, you know, we can come into this game, you know, very confident. It's on, it's on premise of win. In each and every week, we have to prove it, and that, that's the best thing about this league. That's the best thing I think about this team. You know, we never satisfied. We're gonna keep rolling. You know, we got a long, we got a, a lot of more games to play, and each and every week, you know, game by game. And the second clip that I wanted to share about culture here's Adrian Peterson, and here he talks about what he's observed in his time with Tennessee already. Heart, you know, heart, and just that passion for the game. You know, it's just a group of guys that love the game of football, that love the guy next to them, and we're playing for each other. You know, you don't hear guys complaining um, at all defensively, um, offensively. You can see guys out there grinding and doing whatever it takes to, to win the game. So clearly, this locker room is dominated by a culture of next man up mentality tough, rough-nosed football. These are all things that aren't shocking, but it's, you know, a validation of what we believe this team to be when you hear the the players come out here and and talk like this repeating what is being preached to them by that coaching staff, by coach Vrabel, who I think is the leading candidate for coach of the year right now. He's been doing a really incredible job with this team. And Wes on Broadway, who's a colleague of mine over at broadwaysportsmedia.com, he's at Titans Draft Tape on Twitter. He tweeted this out, and I thought this really encapsulates and demonstrates, right, what this team 
has accomplished through their culture of next man up. Julio goes to the IR last weekend before the game, and then Marcus Johnson steps up. Five catches for 100 yards on Sunday is a, is a big difference in the game. He's the playmaker on that offense on Sunday. David Long and Rashawn Evans both out. Monty Rice, rookie, fourth, third-round draft pick out of Georgia. He steps up for 11 combined tackles, leading the team in tackles. And then Dylan Cole, our everybody's favorite uh, practice squad player, who frankly I'd never heard of until he was called up for this game, he forces a fumble on, a, on the uh, opening kickoff of the second half, which leads to a touchdown. And then Tier Tart on the defensive line is out. Naquan Jones gets his first career sack on Sunday. So these players, it's next man up and not just next man up for them to be a dramatic step down and play, but next man up and they are rising to the challenge of playing at that high level, playing at the level of a team that is eight and two. And despite a lot of problems with this team that we've been pointing out right now, you know, they, there's a lot of reasons for concern, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They're still getting used to life without Henry. It still remains to be seen whether or not they're capable of being a dynamic offense without him. These players are still getting it done. And at the end of the day, they're winning games and they're at eight and two. And the Titans have to feel good about that. All right, real quick before we get out of here, quick hit segment. Uh, Two things I want to bring up. First of which, AFC winning record against winning teams. This is a stat that I saw uh, on Sunday evening, I believe. There are only two teams in the in the in the very tight Wild Wild West AFC that have winning records against teams that currently have winning records, right? So winning records against good teams. Only two of them. The Titans are four and one against winning teams, and the Bengals are two and one against winning teams. So the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, you know, New England, Raiders, all of these teams. There are also uh, in in the race for contention in the AFC, they don't have winning records against winning teams. Everybody's beating up on everybody. That's a pretty surprising stat. I wasn't surprised to see the Titans on there because, of course, we've been following them closely and know they've been doing well against good teams. But the Bengals, that was a surprising one to see on there. Uh, the second thing that I want to bring up is just kind of an update on the Titans' number one seed in the AFC, uh, their chances of of getting that in the playoffs and their upcoming schedule. They're currently the one seed, and you, you kind of have to assume that they're going to stay there, right? The combined record of their remaining opponents, opponents is 21-42-1. So their remaining opponents are have a, like a .333 win percentage, uh, which is the worst in the league. They have the easiest remaining schedule. So that certainly sets up nicely for them to cruise to the one seed, especially since they're already one and a half games up on the field. 538.com has the Titans' chances of earning the one seed in the AFC at 77% right now, which is overwhelming. So like I've been saying for a couple of weeks, the Titans, the one seed is there for the taking, and it's theirs to lose. All right, that's going to do it for us today on this Tuesday afternoon. Before you go, real quick, Home Run Throwback is the podcast that I have been doing the past couple of weeks now. I think three weeks, close close to a month uh, of recording that with Jimmy Morris, a colleague of, and friend of mine who is the editor-in-chief over at MusicCityMiracles.com and is the director of content here at BroadwaySportsMedia.com. We have been sitting down every Sunday night recording our discussion, just talking about the Titans game that weekend, talking about our you know immediate 
reaction, talking about the storylines around the Titans and around the league from the Sunday. So it is the most uh, immediate reaction uh, in terms of content from the Broadway Sports Media Podcast Network. So on Monday mornings, those are available. You're going to want to check those out. It's a long-form discussion. It's it's a really good time. Jimmy and I have a good time talking about it. I think you'll really enjoy listening to it. And then, of course, make sure to come back not just on Friday, but tomorrow afternoon because, like I said, we've got a couple new episodes a week that we're starting out this week. We're launching a bit of a new series. The details will be out on that Later, tomorrow, when the episode comes out in the afternoon, it's a really interesting guest. You're not going to want to miss it, so make sure you're subscribed to the Titans 10 feed and look out for that episode. All right, until then, have a great rest of your day, have a good day tomorrow, and I will talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, I know every show you've ever listened to has asked you to do that, and you don't. I get it. I'm guilty of it, too. But not every show you listen to is brand new and trying to get off the ground like we are. So please, it'll help so, so much if you go rate and review and subscribe to the show. Actually, go do it. Thank you in advance. We love a good grassroots effort over here at the Titans 10, and I know you've got a bunch of friends and family who follow the Titans. I know you do. So please, send them this show. And don't just tell them about it. Share the show with them over text. Send it to them. Tell them how much they need it in their lives, because of course, they definitely do. All press conference audio in this episode is from TennesseeTitans.com, so thank you to them for providing that for us. Follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at the Titans 10 BSM. That's at the Titans 10 BSM on Twitter to keep up with all of my football coverage and get show updates. Make sure to check out me and my talented colleagues over at BroadwaySportsMedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got a great team of writers as well as a great podcast network with new content five days a week for you to consume. Whew. All right, that's going to do it for today. I am your host, Easton Freeze, and this has been the Titans 10. Titans 10.